Well, hello there, and welcome aboard to episode one, the very first episode ever of the old Cranky Bones podcast. As I said in the intro, my name is Chris Wilson. And as I get ready to sit here and record episode one of the show, I've got two confessions that we're going to start off with today. Here's confession number one. It is 3.30 in the afternoon. Correction, 3.37, right about now. On Sunday, October 22nd, 2023. And I am having a big-ass cup of coffee as I get started on this show. Now, you might think to yourself, who in the world is drinking coffee at 3.30 in the afternoon? I am. I enjoy coffee. I love it. It's keeping my throat lubricated because I was a tad bit under the weather this past week. And it's allowing me to do what I wanted to do here in episode one, which is sit back, talk to you guys, and maybe maybe be a little bit more energetic and caffeinated in the process and uh, just kind of give you an outline about what this show is all about, who I am, and just why in the hell I'm doing this. Uh, I love coffee. Big coffee drinker. I don't drink it continuously around the clock. I probably do drink it more than most other people, and Lord knows more than I should. Um, but you know what? I like it. I enjoy it. Tastes great. Not going to apologize for it. That's just who I am. Let's get that out of the way right now, deal with it, and move on. It just is what it is. All right, so confession number two. This is not a big, beautiful, polished, professional podcast that is recorded and edited in a studio and cleaned up and put out there for your enjoyment with the intention of getting 500,000 downloads a week. That is not what this is. This podcast right now, and it's probably going to be this way going forward, is being recorded inside of my car, outside in my driveway, as I sit to you right here on this Sunday afternoon. Why? Because it's quiet. It's essentially soundproof. And honestly, it just makes for a great recording environment. It's no different than if you hold yourself up in a closet somewhere. I'm your average guy, like I said at the opening of the show, 51-year-old dude living in South Carolina here in the U.S., you know, got a family full of teenagers who are running around video gaming, watching TV, doing their laundry, whatever it is they're doing during the week that's keeping them busy. And they normally hang out during their rooms. But still, there's a lot, you know, in their rooms. But there's still a lot of activity around the house. And when you don't have some separate area in your home where you can go out and record these kinds of things, you got to make do with what you got. And that's what we're doing. We're in the car. So we're going to go with that, too. And it gives me an opportunity to kind of chill out and, you know, sad as it might be, get away from things for a couple of minutes and just record the show and get it to you. So that's confession number two. We've outlined it. We've dealt with it. Moving on. Let's talk a second here about what this podcast is, what the theme is, and what we're going to do. Why is it called the Old Cranky Bones Show? Old Cranky Bones is just a euphemism, a username, if you will, that I decided to give myself. Um, kind of stupid, maybe. Hell, I don't know. I mean, it, I think it's fitting for me because of the reality that I'm starting to get a little older in life and the bones are starting to get cranky. You know, the knees pop. They make ungodly little grinding noises that they didn't used to make back in the day, in the athletic days of my 20s, so to speak. And that's just a fact of life. You know, we're all getting older or we're headed that way. Things that didn't used to hurt before hurt these days. 
And that's what I call the cranky bones. When you wake up in the morning and things are popping and you're moving and you're stiff, that's just when the, you know, uh, that's that part of life where you start to realize that things aren't functioning quite like they used to. The bones are cranky, as they say. So old cranky bones, again, just kind of the euphemism that I gave myself. And I think it's fitting for this podcast because this podcast is going to be where I'm going to sit back with you guys on a weekly basis. I'm going to talk to you a little bit about what's going on in the world, a little bit about what's going on in the political scene, the news scene, what might be going on in the local scene here for me, uh, you know, in my in my little corner of the planet. And my kind of unfiltered take on what's happening with that, just from the viewpoint of your average everyday American guy out here making things happen. That's what this podcast is. It's not going to be a polished professional thing. It's going to be me shooting the breeze with you on a weekly basis. Here's the way I envision it. I'm a big consumer of podcasts myself. There's certain shows that I really particularly enjoy. I won't give a shout out to right now. You do you, I'll do me. Um, I will tell you that normally on the weekends when I'm working around the house or doing my thing, whether I be, uh, you know, whether it's going to be me just sitting kind of washing dishes or doing little chores or things that I'm working on around the house to keep up with things, I'll throw in the AirPods and I usually throw on a podcast because that's my time to catch up on what's going on in the week and listen to some of the personalities out there that I really enjoy and just to kind of get a little bit of escapism. That's what I envision this show being for most of the folks that are going to end up downloading it. My show is going to be the kind of thing that, hell, if you feel like tuning in on the weekend, downloading the episode, and listening to just a regular guy kind of talk a little bit about what's going on on the planet, you know, the things that we need to be paying attention to and my version of my take on it, then let's do that. I'm going to try to take up no more than about 25 to 30 minutes of your time each and every week. And, you know, it'll just help you pass the time. You can kind of sit back, and if you get some enjoyment and some value out of what I'm saying here on this podcast, if you happen to enjoy my take on things, then so be it. Um, And I would really appreciate that. If that's the case, I would be honored by that. Um, For me, this is a hobby. I used to podcast before. Um, in a past life, I did 13 years in animal care and control or in the animal sheltering field. And this is back in the time when podcasts were really first just starting to take off. I was fascinated by the field. I picked up some equipment and I decided I was going to do a show that was themed around animal control, news, stories, um, things related to that type of career, because there really wasn't anything like that out there at the time. And I called it Critter Cop Chronicles. Yeah, that's a mouthful. We'll say that really fast five times. And I had a good time with it, man. I had some special guests on the show that were kind of experts in the field. Um, But after a while, um, it just wasn't for me anymore. I wasn't really finding a lot of time to work on it because my work life in that field had become so all-consuming. And, you know, it just did not permit me with the free time to do the kind of work, even as a hobby, that I wanted to do to make the podcast what it was. I have moved on from that career field several years back. 
and I'm sure I'll have more to talk about that on a later episode. Um, but it's freed me up some time on the weekends now where I can kick back and kind of just re-explore this podcasting world because this is something that I enjoy doing, which is another, another, um, reason why this podcast is happening. Um, I'm doing this because it's fun for me because I enjoy it. This is a hobby for me. And if a few people happen to listen along the way, fantastic, man, that would be awesome. Get in the back seat, sit and ride shotgun, man. Come along for this ride. Um, it'd be fun to have you there. It'd be fun to have you for the journey. And if it grows into something, so be it. If it doesn't grow into anything except a weekend therapy session for me, so be it. I'm still going to put it out there. And if you feel like subscribing, then I would say let's go for it. So welcome for the uh, welcome for the first episode. Welcome along on the ride. What do you say we go ahead and get into uh, what's on my mind this week for current news and events? So last week saw some interesting developments in the Georgia case of election interference against Donald Trump and his fellow co-defendants. We saw the plea deals that were accepted and agreed to by both Ken Cheesebro and Sidney Powell, both of whom are co-defendants in the Georgia election subversion case, which basically accuses them of conspiring to overturn the results of the 2020 presidential election in Georgia. Now, Sidney Powell started off the fun last week by pleading guilty to six misdemeanor counts and her plea requires that her uh, her plea deal requires her to testify truthfully against her co-defendants up to and including Trump and it also prohibits her from having any contact with witnesses or other co-defendants in the case Ken Cheesebro pleaded guilty to one felony count of conspiracy to commit filing false documents and his plea deal directly implicates Donald Trump in the fake elector conspiracy and it's not looking good for Donnie down there in Georgia, folks. That's just the way it is right now. Now, Cheese Bros deal also requires him to testify in other trials and hearings along the way. And he's also agreed to provide any documents and evidence uh, that might be relative to the case. And like Powell, he's going to have to write a personally worded apology letter to the citizens of Georgia. And uh, he's going to have to be honest about how things are going Um you know, about how all of this came into play going forward, same as Powell in this particular case. Uh, Cheese Bro's got to pay $5,000 in restitution, and he's got to serve at least 100 hours of community service. Hey, I mentioned this earlier. I used to be in animal control. Just a note to Ken Cheese Bro. Um, animal shelters, good place to do community service, man. Go clean some dog shit up in the kennels for a little bit. Um, that might be a little humbling for you. So, yeah, just a quick suggestion I'm going to throw in there for Kenny. Um, same with Sydney. Sydney's got to do some community service, I believe, in her plea deal, if I'm not mistaken. And I think she got a $6,000 fine, uh, restitution. And she also had to write an apology letter to the citizens of Georgia. I got to get a hold of those apology letters because those are going to be interesting to, to read. Um, so that's what's going on down there with these guys. And let me tell you a little bit about what I feel like is happening here. Folks, 
Sidney Powell and Ken Cheesebro have flipped on Donald Trump. And as things progress in this case, I really do not think they are going to be the last to flip going forward. I think you're going to see plea deals worked out by the likes of Jenna Ellis, possibly even leading all the way up to Rudy Giuliani on this. Um, Jenna is particularly in a compromising position because as kind of a background lawyer on the whole thing, but still one of the faces of the so-called elite strike force team that was put in place for this, you know, crazy election subversion BS um, that the Trump campaign tried to pull off back in 2020. Um, you know, Jenna was well known for sitting alongside Rudy in a lot of these so-called thrown together hearings where they spewed a bunch of ridiculous, absurd nonsense to try to interfere in the results, basically convince lawmakers that the election was stolen. So simply put, Jenna is also in deep shit here. And with Sydney flipping and with Kenneth Cheesebro flipping, Cheesebro, by the way, who was one of the key architects of this entire plan, especially down in Georgia, um, Jenna's probably not far behind. These guys are looking, or were looking, I should say, at least the ones who haven't worked out plea deals yet and haven't flipped, we're looking at at least five years mandatory minimum on each particular charge that they have. That is no freaking joke. And I'm going to tell you something right now. Ken Cheesebro was getting ready to see the start of his trial at the beginning of this past week. Sidney Powell's trial was coming up quickly because they took advantage of the Georgia law and the RICO cases that allowed them to request a speedy trial coming up in short order. And I think as time grew closer, especially in the case of Cheesebro, that they became much more keenly aware of just how thorough and you know, fulfilling how, how big the damn case was against them down there in Georgia, so to speak. They didn't really have a good shot at being declared not guilty on these cases. And they were facing serious prison time. And let's face it, when you're getting older in life, like Powell, who, you know, kind of really didn't want to admit in her plea hearing the other day that she was 68 years of age, uh, whatever, you know, you don't want to be looking at five to 10 on your prison sentence at that particular time frame, especially in Georgia, where it's not a pleasant scene down there in the prison system. Let's just be freaking honest about that. That's not something you want to be doing. And they copped a deal. And who can blame them for copping a deal? But the bottom line is they flipped. And going forward, they're going to have to be straight up honest about everything they know. And this is what I want you to pay particular attention to going forward. What is the testimony going to be in future cases against the other co-defendants given by both Sidney Powell and Ken Cheesebro? Because these people were in it. Donald Trump can go on social media like he did today 
and claim that he doesn't basically even know who the hell Sidney Powell is and that she wasn't his lawyer and so forth and so on. That was true to a degree because at one point they did dismiss Sidney Powell from being a legal representative of the Trump case. But that was after the Oval Office meeting, the shouting matches, so to speak. She was in the freaking Oval Office with Rudy and the others. There was discussion. Trump was on board. We know this about making her a damn special counsel to oversee election interference, so-called election interference. My God, what an absolute shit show that would have been if that had gone down. Okay, let's just be straight up frank about that. Spare me the BS that she was not on your legal team. That infamous press conference where Powell and Rudy and Jenna Ellis stood behind that podium and spewed the now infamous nonsense about Dominion and Smartmatic and Hugo Chavez, who was long dead, you know, that shit took, I would remind you, took place behind a placard on the podium that said Trump Pence. They represented the campaign. Donald Trump put out tweets before he decided to leave Twitter or X or whatever the hell it is these days where he talked about adding Powell to his campaign lawyer team, his legal team. Spare me the crap. She was part of the team. Now, it wasn't later you know, until later when you realized that she was batshit nuts, even nuttier than you, Donnie, that she, you know, found her way off of the team because it wasn't looking good for you, all the BS that she was spewing. Regardless, she's still looking at major, major lawsuits from both Dominion and Smartmatic that she's going to have to contend with. But watch the testimony because Cheesebro and Powell are going to have to be forthright about what they know. And it's going to be interesting to see how that diverges from what they've said and put out in the past about the BS, the, the BS that they have spewed in the past. It's going to be interesting to see how that goes. So pay attention to that because the more that Georgia knows, and they know a lot, I'm going to tell you right now, um, the more that Powell and Cheesebro are going to have to be held into account and Jenna Ellis knows that. Rudy Giuliani knows that. A lot of the other defendants in this case know that. They're going to start flipping. They're going to start falling like dominoes, going down the line, one after the other. Rudy, I'm not 100% sure on because I don't know. There's just something about Rudy. If you listen to the way Rudy goes on his podcast and spews nonsense and the things that he says, I think Rudy may be so far gone at this point down the rabbit hole that there is no coming back. I think he might fall on his own sword metaphorically for Donald Trump. There are a lot of folks out there that don't believe that. They think that he's going to flip at the last moment, that a guy with Rudy's health issues at Rudy's age and Rudy's financial problems is not going to go to prison for Donald Trump. 
I am not so sure. I don't know if he sees it that way. I feel like Rudy might think he's going to prison out of some sort of sense of um, that, you know, that he's being persecuted politically for his beliefs. I guess we'll wait and see what happens. But either way, not looking good down in Georgia for Donald. So in my mind, that's a good development. All right, moving on here, I want to take a little bit to talk about something that's been on my mind, and this was a, um, a very important news story um, that was seeing a lot of coverage here in recent months, but with the um, current state of things going on in Israel, um, this story really is not getting a lot of coverage anymore, and I don't want to downplay the importance of of what's going on with the Israeli-Palestinian conflict right now. That is a a very big thing going on in our world that has very serious repercussions. And there are more than enough reasons to cover that story and keep up with what's going on. But it struck me that as coverage of the conflict carries on that we sort of stopped checking in except with a few tidbits here and there on what's going on with the folks in Maui uh, in terms of the wildfire recovery that's been going on there and that's what I want to talk a little bit about here in this particular segment of the show is I want to make sure that we're not forgetting what the folks in Maui are going through currently a lot of folks are still suffering there now as of late um Basically, the wildfire recovery is sort of entering the rebuilding process down there in Maui. Uh, But the bottom line is it could take many, many more months to remove all the potentially dangerous ash and the debris from the burn area. Now, they have set up a support call center for the Maui disaster, which people can reach out to to help inform them, uh, the community members, in the aftermath of the wildfires. And the state has also set up a centralized online hub Um, with more than 300 resources available on there for people who are looking for support and who are wanting to provide support to uh, both Maui residents and businesses. Um, If that is something that you are interested in, there is a website called MauiRecovers.org. That is MauiRecovers.org. And this is the official website that is set up to keep you informed on what's going on with the recovery efforts uh, related to the fires that took place in Maui. Um, back in August of this year. Um, So, folks, if you are impacted by this, or even if you want to reach out, you still want to support uh, these folks, they still need your help out there, I would encourage you to go to that website, MauiRecovers.org, and take a look at what's going on. Uh, It's a very centralized location that is well done, and it gives you a lot of information about the rebuilding process, what is and is not permissible in terms of reentry to the impacted areas, Uh, what's going on in terms of wastewater, uh, human waste and drinking water in that area, and also some tips on being able to safely return to your property if you were affected in that area, and as well as uh, insight into the different recovery phases, maps, data, uh, information on what's going on with public school in Lahaina, and um, 
Again, if you're not from that area, or even if you have family in that area, or if you just really, really care about what's going on there and you want to support those folks, it was just a couple of months ago that this happened. Keep that in mind. It was two months ago that this happened, a little more than two months ago. And these things do not move along quickly. It is going to take a long, long time to get that community back up and running. A lot of these folks are still living in hotels. Some have moved on to a more semi-permanent placement situation. But the bottom line is a lot of lives out there were destroyed. You had people that lost everything that they owned and then some. And they're still getting up every day. They're wondering what they're going to do. Um, a lot of people lost livelihoods, not just their place to live and their personal belongings, but a lot of people lost jobs in this process. And they are forced, through no fault of their own, to restart their lives from scratch. Some of them at an advanced age. It's not an easy thing. They need your help. And we don't need to forget about these people. We need to make sure that we're still supporting them. We're still reaching out to our fellow Americans out there on the island. And we're still doing what we need to do to make sure that they are getting everything that they need um, in terms of support. Um, so let's make sure that we're taking care of that. And that's one thing that I wanted to talk about a little bit about this week. Um, how can you donate to the wildlife recovery efforts in the area? Again, I mentioned the website that you can go to. There are a couple of other wildlife recovery efforts that are going on. Excuse me, wildfire recovery efforts that are going on down in Maui. Uh, there's an organization called Maui Nui Strong. Um, the Maui United Way and the Relief Fund is a good place you can go to make donations. The, the excuse me, the Hawaii Community Fund, um, the American Red Cross, supporting disaster efforts in the area. And especially the uh, Maui Family YMCA there locally as well. They have established a wildlife relief fund um, to help provide assistance to those that are affected by the wildfires and also help rebuild their lives. And uh, you can download directly on their website. You can donate, rather, excuse me, directly on their website, which is pretty simple. It's just MauiYMCA.org. That is MauiYMCA.org. And as of today, over 428 unique donors have raised um, going on a little more than $450,000, nearly half a million dollars, to help support those efforts just at the Maui YMCA in itself. So the bottom line is donating to any of those organizations can help support those impacted by the fires and also help aid in the recovery efforts. What I can tell you is that there are... A lot of people out there that are still um, quite angry with the local government about what went down in this particular situation. And frankly, I think they have a right to be. Um, the investigation into what happened, what caused this particular incident, is going to be something that's going to be ongoing for quite a while. It is going to take a while to get to the bottom of everything. Um, I want to emphasize that while I think things are going to come out that are going to be rather alarming about the disaster response and how a lot of this could have been prevented, this was also, and it's important that we understand this, this was also a perfect storm, so to speak, of weather-related events 
and things that, quite frankly, damn it, were impacted by climate change or were a result in part of climate change. I want to say this right now because I promised this was going to be raw and unadulterated. I don't give a damn whether you believe in the concept of climate change or not. It is a real thing. I will stand by that. The climate is changing. Don't give me your bullshit about, yeah, we're moving from summer to winter to fall, whatever the hell it might be. That's seasonal change. And if you really believe that, then go back and frickin' educate yourself because you've got some work to do in that, in that department. Go read some shit. Learn. Climate change is real. It's here. We're seeing the impacts of it year after year. Each recorded year is hotter than the previous year in recorded history. That's just the way it is. And as the ocean temperatures rise, we are going to see these types of effects. We're going to see these types of scenarios where a perfect brew of circumstances, climate and weather-wise, are going to cause these types of issues. And we need to be prepared, and it's time we wake the hell up and we realize that this is going on. Otherwise, you're going to wake up one day underwater, and you're going to say to yourself, shit, it sure did rain a lot overnight. No, prepare for it now, folks. Prepare for it now. I can promise you, sure as shit, it's hot here in the South. I can remember the days, you know, I'm 51. I can remember the days... When if I were sitting to you right now on October 22nd, I would be in a pair of pants, maybe a pair of sweatpants, a pair of jeans. I'd be in a hoodie, a sweatshirt. It'd be freaking chilly out here. The leaves have changed colors. You know what? You'd be looking at 50 degrees. It would be crisp. It would be down in the low 40s at night. We're not there. Um, you know, we're in the mid-70s in the afternoon. We've had Christmases in the last few years where it's been 75 freaking degrees outside. This is not Christmas in L.A. This is Christmas in the deep south and the east coast of the United States of America. You know what? It's been that way for the last few years. Shit's getting warmer, folks. I mean, we need to realize this. This is not a joke. You might think, oh, this old southern boy has gone liberal. Well, no. I read. I learn. I can feel it. You can feel it. Deny it if you want. Climate change is real. It plays a role. And if we don't take the steps we need to take, we're going to continue to keep having these conversations. Lives are going to be affected. And you're going to see humanitarian disaster on a scale that you have not seen. And when you see that, it costs money to clean all that up. FEMA's tapped out. They're tapped out, guys. Your tax dollars paying FEMA, they're tapped out. It's too much. They can't pay for all this shit. And Republicans in Congress who don't believe in the concept of climate change, because let's face it, they're in the pocket of the freaking oil lobbyists. We all know that's the case. Yeah, this is the part of the show. Well, it's not supposed to be, but it's the part of the show where I'm getting a little bit political. Deal with it. It's my effing show. Republicans in Congress in the pockets of the oil lobbyists 
don't give a damn. They're paid. They're bought. They figure they're going to be dead by the time anything affects them anyway. That's what that's all about. But they're trying to cut funding to organizations like FEMA that are out there legitimately trying to handle all of these disaster-related efforts. Now, I'm sorry I went off on a bit of a tangent here. You know, you know what? No, I'm not. I said I was going to be unapologetic on this show. Damn it, I'm, I'm going to do that. So, no, I'm not sorry. I said what I felt. I'm old cranky bones. That's what I do. The bottom line is we need to get our shit together on climate change. And that's it. But please, support the folks in Maui who are still recovering from this wildfire. They need your help. And the Israeli conflict, as horrifying as it is, and as potentially devastating as this could be globally as a whole, let's not forget the folks in Maui who are still suffering. Let's move on. Let me take another sip of this coffee here before I wrap up this show today. Hmm. So before we wrap up, let me extend a heartfelt thank you to each and every one of you for tuning in today. Your support means the world to me, and I hope that you found at least some nuggets of insight or laughter amidst all the crankiness. If you enjoyed what you heard today, don't forget to hit the subscribe button on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or your preferred podcast platform of choice so that it's automatically downloaded and that you never miss an episode of the old Cranky Bones podcast. Remember, you can stay connected with me beyond the podcast on social media. You can follow me on threads and Instagram at oldcranky underscore bones. That's oldcranky underscore bones on threads and Instagram. You can follow me on TikTok. The handle on TikTok is at oldcrankybones. That's at oldcrankybones on TikTok. Going to start trying to put out a little bit more material on TikTok coming out soon. And if you want to, you can also email me directly. You can email the show directly. It's going to be at oldcrankybonesshow at gmail.com. That's oldcrankybonesshow at gmail.com. I'm always eager to communicate and continue the conversation and to get your thoughts on the latest musings and shenanigans. Until the next time, stay curious, stay bold, keep embracing that crankiness within. This is Chris Wilson signing off from the old Cranky Bones podcast. We'll catch you on the flip side.